people welcome to the relaunch of Melani speaks i know it's been a little bit of time since i re last recorded an episode but there has been a lot of transformation happening i officially am married now to michael so i'm officially mrs gray and yeah just kind of adjusting to kawaii life and with the business there's a lot of things happening and so i kind of wanted just like to relaunch this podcast more of it not too much on how to's but more of giving you guys more of a broader perspective on life how to see things differently bringing on different people with different views on life and i wanted to bring on my brother joseph blyle of new story art but before we get into it i do want to say that um my mana awakening Masterclass is coming to an end with february course and we are starting up a new uh, class come June. So signups will be April. And I will be taking on six students this round. This current round going on right now, I have four. But I feel like Spirit Source is telling me to open up more uh, spots for people because these classes are very transformational. And these girls are coming out with realizing that they have these gifts that they didn't know that they had. And it's been phenomenal to watch them really blossom into their own superpowers and what they're capable of. So if you've really been wanting to tune into your psychic abilities, spiritual abilities, intuitive gifts, like this class is definitely for you. I feel like some of you who are questioning like if you have gifts or not, or if you're just wanting to even enhance what you are capable of now, I do take all levels. So it's not an advanced or beginners, it's more of a everyone please join the join the group so we all can enhance and learn from each other so if this is something you've been wanting to finally dive into this is your sign to sign up um, application is in the link in my bio on my instagram or you can sign up on my website which my website and instagram handle will be in the show notes here but yeah so um Mono Awakening Masterclass sign up if you would like to enhance your gifts, but back to the show. So here's Joseph. Um, I would like him to give you a little bit of an intro of who he is, what he came here to do, and yeah. So say hello, Joseph. Hello, everyone. Um, this is Joseph. Um, I'm an artist over at New Story underscore art, which is my Instagram. Um, I'm sure there'll be some type of link or a way to find it, but again, New Story underscore art. Um, and yeah, I'm just an artist, you know, trying to make his way. <laughs> he will be making his way. Watch, watch, watch. But, um, so yeah, I wanted to bring on Joseph, uh, for my relaunch because I really wanted to dive into the concept of nature and how Joseph's perspective on nature is so unique. It's different. It's not the normal that the rest of us quote-unquote spiritual people see or even if you're not even spiritual maybe you're even atheist it doesn't matter who like what you put your label on yourself but I kind of wanted to bring him on just so we can see like a different a refresh of um how we are even connected to nature so so what's going on with nature like how have you seen it your whole life um I wouldn't say my whole life um but you know a few years back uh, my whole perception of nature drastically changed. Um, but before that, um, if you ask anyone um, to imagine what nature looks like and have them explain to you what nature is, um, I would say the vast majority of people are going to imagine, you know, a deep forest, high mountain range, you know, mm -hmm. secluded beaches. Um, 
point is it's it's away from people you're somewhere off where there's no one else um, you're surrounded by you know many animals many trees um, or what have you um, but the distinction between there's us and then there's everything else there's cities and then there's forests there's humans and then there's not humans and that's what nature is for the most part for everyone's definition and for me um, that doesn't exist I believe there is no separation and as a nature as a concept for myself it doesn't exist it's not a thing um, you can look at it in two different ways you can either look at it as from my point of view that nature doesn't exist and everything is this interconnectedness or nature does exist and no matter where you are in the world that is nature no matter if you're in a city or in a subway system or you know what have you right for me there there's no distinction no matter where you are in the world you are a part of the interconnectedness of all things um so that's kind of how i see it yeah it's interesting i like that so it's like moving into the space of that we are all one and there's nothing separate because they joseph and i were hanging out at uh poipu beach the other day and i finally realized what he was talking about so i was watching you know people run into the water and i was like oh i get it like we all escape from the city to go to the beach because we want to connect to the nature or we're out we live in if you live in LA like all of a sudden you want to go camping or you want to go for a hike like you want to escape the city to go be in nature so I finally realized what he was talking about in that moment because yeah even though we're what he's saying is everything is one but we somehow have separated ourselves from thinking like oh to be to con to be in this place of constantly enhancing our spirituality or whoever we are we think that we need to go out into nature and connect better with like the ocean or the trees which there is nothing wrong with that but i'm now fully understanding that that was actually separation from what we think is like nature but nature is constantly um is a constant and it's, around us. it's always around so, us. Yeah. yeah, so you you can no more separate yourself by going to the beach than you would in a park in your local town or local city. Yeah. No matter wherever you are in the world, you're 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 a part of nature. So if we're gonna use the, the term nature, I'll, I'll use it. But um, I think it'd be more appropriate to say when you say I want to go get away from the city or get away from humans. Um, yeah. So it, when you say I want to go go closer to nature, I think it's more appropriate to say I want to get away from people, which I get, I get the sentiment when people, when they say I want to get, get away to nature, I get it. But again, it's more appropriate to say you want to get away people, away from people. Cause as we all know, you know, we have capacity to be a lot sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. you know, we have capacity to kind of annoy each other and we want to be more secluded from people, not so much nature. Because um, when you start saying nature instead of people, you create this distinction and this separateness from everything. And you can never be separate from nature, even in a city. So um, I lived in Phoenix for a while. I lived in L.A. for a while. Either of those cities, you're always interacting with the world around you. You're taking in the air that everyone breathes in. The trees that are in the city still provide oxygen. The animals that are there, the dogs, the cats, the birds, you're still interacting with them. If you see a pigeon that's bothering you, you're gonna interact with it, whether you just let it be or you just watch it. The bugs, the insects that are all moving the nutrients around the city, still happening. The crows that eat the garbage from the trash cans that we create, still interaction with nature. Um, the rats, 
cockroaches, still all things that we would consider nature if we were away from people are still interacting in the city. So you cannot separate yourself um, from the world, even in the thickest of cities. It's still much dependent on everything else. Um, so again, for myself, uh, either nature exists and we're a part of it no matter what in the world, or nature doesn't exist at all because you don't want to uh, create that separate separateness. Mm -hmm. So where do you think that separation started? Do you think it's because of religion or just like the evolution of things? So I believe that distinction started with the birth of civilization as a whole. Mm -hmm. So before the birth of civilization, humans were much more integrated in the environment. Um, so for indigenous peoples around the world, their lives are so integrated with their environment and their ecosystems that as they understood it they are very much a part of the ground and a part of everything around them whereas civilization began we started to separate separate ourselves from that interaction and kind of tricking ourselves into thinking um that we're not a part of it because if you're not interacting with every day you kind of create that illusion that you're not connected to it yeah that's true um so yeah so i think as civilization started growing um and religion had some influence in it, in it and we kind of tricked ourselves um, into, into creating that illusion. Yeah, so. I mean, I'm guilty of it because Michael and I wanted to raise the girls outside of LA and, and move to Hawaii because more nature. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, it was really like, no, we don't want to be around too many people. That's what now that really we, means. Yeah, <laughs> that's so. what that shit really means. Yes. I don't want to be around a lot of people. I don't want the girls to have too much influence around them or of like let them figure things out like on their own intuitively, which is why I want to be more connected to Mother Earth, which kind of brings me into um, like Hawaiian culture. I've, I've been studying more on the ancient Hawaiians and they believe that we've actually been, um, how do I say it, that we evolved from caves and rocks and trees and just basically Mother Earth, like Mother Earth is the creation of all things, which is a beautiful thing to to study about what their beliefs are. Um, so moving into that, like, do you, do you find um, truth to that or do you still kind of think that, I, I don't know, I kind of see like a duality here, like I feel like the indigenous parts of the world believe that, but then there's also the Western world where religion comes in and it, they don't believe in that. Yeah, so I, I would agree with that to a good extent. So there are two different worldviews at play here. So, um, and of course it varies to degrees, but for the most part, if you want to generalize it, um, the two different worldviews you see are uh, most indigenous people's stories and their, their viewpoints stem from, from the earth, that they're directly connected to it, whereas uh, Western civilization, we're kind of this weird visitor from another realm that's just plucked onto the earth and at the end of our lives we return home, hmm. uh, whether that being heaven or the karmic cycle of death and rebirth or reincarnation or you know what have you. So for Western civilization, our viewpoint is earth is not our home. We're just visitors until we die and go to our actual home, whatever you believe that in. Is it, whatever you believe that is. Whereas indigenous people, Earth is our home. Um, we'll return it to when we die. Um, so I do think that plays a big part in how you how we view everything and how we treat the world and mm -hmm. treat other living things. So I, I do agree, um, or I would I would 
Yeah, I would do agree with the, the Hawaiian culture. If that is their view, then that's something that I can get on board with. So mm -hmm. for myself, um, I do believe I'm born from the earth, and when I die, I return to the earth um, myself in order for me to live. Mm -hmm. Something else must die, and, and that's a sacred connection that we hold with all things. So a lot, another living's life force um, or energy is passed on to me to live, and when I die, my energy and life force will be passed on to the next. Hmm. And I'm content in that belonging, knowing that my life will, or my death will give birth to something else. Hmm. See, I like that because this this universe is so vast. So whatever you believe is actually like true. Like it's correct for you, whatever you believe. Yeah. So for me, listening you say that, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like because my beliefs on the afterworld is similar, but I feel like you also have um, the ability to create what you want after this yeah. life. I mean, everyone's at liberty to have their own views. Yeah, and I'm yeah. not gonna tell them that they have, that my view is the right view. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't believe that as well. I believe um, there is no one right way to live. Mm -hmm. um, there is no one correct answer to everything because we're just here, you know, on the very temporal time, very, like an eye blink in the grand scale of time, right? So mm -hmm. we're all just here for the moment um, to explore and, and expand our consciousness and try to understand as much as we can. So you never know what the right answer is. So you just have to feel what you believe in. And if you, you know, truly believe in it, that's awesome. Whether or not you agree with what I say or disagree with what I say, you know, that's, that's great. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And as you're talking about that too, is I was also thinking about... Um, I don't label myself as a vegan. I don't label myself as any dietary, whatever stuff they have going out there, but I always listen to my body with whatever it needs. So if I need to just eat plants and vegetables and no animal products and no meat, then I won't do that. But yeah. if my body is needing to have some type of meat, um, I'll have some type of meat. But the thing that what I do is I always pray um, before I touch anything that I, that I eat. Mm -hmm. So if it's a plant, if it's a piece of meat, like it's all living things, it's all part of the circle of life. Yep. So I express gratitude. If, if I'm eating a freaking hamburger, I express gratitude to the cow who died for me to eat it because it's part of the circle of life. Right. So with, and I, that goes with anything. Like if I'm just eating fruits, if I'm just eating vegetables, if I'm deciding to have freaking eggs, um, I, I feel like I don't want to restrict myself, especially if we all come from the earth, um, then we're all here to, what's the word I'm saying here? Um, I keep thinking about freaking Lion King and Pocahontas here. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, those are good movies. Those are my movies, though. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, vegan and being vegan is a very interesting thing. I think vegans are doing a very honorable thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that a lot of vegans' viewpoints are, are quite interesting in that they think that you shouldn't do it at all, that it's unethical, it's immoral to eat other living, other living things. Um, but it's interesting because from my, my part, point of view, Grass, trees, plants, vegetables, fruits, those are living things. Living those things. are living entities. And when you feel those things out looking around yourself, you know, when you see a tree, like you can feel that tree breathing. You can mm -hmm. feel that tree living. Those are all living things. You know, sunflower seeds, if you eat those, those are living things that have to die in order for you to live. Mm -hmm. You know, the flesh on your bones are, are living, is made from living things that you've consumed. 
Um, so for, for vegans, I think what is the issue more is how we obtain those food sources. So yeah. the unethical practices of treating these animals with, with, you know, disgrace and horrible living conditions. I think that's more so the issue, not so much that we're eating pigs. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, I follow a lot of homesteaders for a long time and the way they treat their animals is a, is a beautiful thing to watch. You know, they're, the kids that they raise, they play with the animals. They, you know, take care of them. They watch them grow from babies to, to animal adulthood. And then when the time comes that they have to feed their family, um, they will, you know, kill the pig or the cow mm-hmm. or the goat mm-hmm. um, to provide them sustenance. And, you know, and that's the beautiful circle of life. You know, humans have been interacting with animals and other living things for a long time, well before, you know, the unethical practices of big the big farming industry came along, right? So when you understand that sacredness that you have with other living things, mm-hmm. um, it kind of changes your sp- your perspective um, on it. So if you try to obtain your food um, in a better way, um, then I think there's something wrong with eating meat or using animal byproducts because we all use each other, you know? Mm-hmm. So like... I don't know, I use this lipstick that comes from like beeswax or something, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it comes from a bee. It comes from a bee, right? <laughs> but it's that understanding that we all help each other. Like we, there's a lot of good bee, uh, bee farmers out there that take care of the bees and give them a place, to, a home to get to yeah. make their hives, right? So yeah. it's this um, interchangeable relationship we have with other living things. Yeah, that's so. true. That's very true. And, and you're making me think of... Um, you know, when I was like hardcore vegetarian vegan before I got pregnant with Meadow, I was very like stubborn and in my ego about like, no, I'm not going to eat meat. Da, 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 da. But I feel like when you're too hard like that, when you're too stubborn about a viewpoint, something about spirit will make you humble the fuck down. Because when I got pregnant with Meadow, all of a sudden I wanted meat. Like that's all I wanted. So I had a lot of chicken with Meadow. Um... For the first like for the first and second trimester it was chicken 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 like that's all i wanted chicken but my ego was like no don't eat that don't eat meat like you've been so good without eating it you keep eating your seaweed but my body was like no jacqueline like we need this chicken like we need to eat this chicken so i caved in i was like okay if my body wants this i'm gonna listen and i tuned in and my energy was like incredible like i had to listen to my body and then so moving into my pregnancy with River, she wanted no meat. So I listened to my body then, and all I wanted with River within the first and second trimester was salads. Like, I wanted nothing but salads, um, fresh fruits. Like, that's all I wanted with her. And then the last trimester with her, my body was like, okay, like, let's have some sausage. Like, let's get some meat back in your body. So it was a very humbling experience because I realized, like, yeah, like, you know, with plants and with animals like we are all here to help like nourish each other like it's part of the circle of life and i'm always expressing gratitude um to animals and plants before i eat it so it was a very 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 humbling experience and now that's why i don't label myself at all with anything it's more of i need to listen in the moment and hear like what does my body need because i feel like your body is um what first is is the first um, implement of listening to a message. So if you need to receive some type of message, your body gets that uh, signal first. So if you're hungry, if you're thirsty, like what's the first thing? Oh, your body feels into that. 
if you feel like something, if you're feeling feel fearful, like your body picks up on that. But I digress. But that's part <laughs> of like, you know. Yeah, for sure. And I'm all I'm all on board about changing the big farming industry. You know, whatever I can do to help. There are times when I eat less meat, like you say, in those moments where if I'm not feeling on eating meat, I won't eat meat. Um, but I'm all aboard about changing how we treat um, those animals, um, of course, because you know you don't want anyone to go through that. So. Yeah, exactly. And and for for us empaths and people who can sense energy very quickly, it is hard when when you eat something and you can. I personally can feel the torture that the animal has went through before I went on the spiritual path. Like I would feel everything that the pig went through. I felt everything that the cow went through. That's why I went into vegetarian veganism. But then I started getting meat that was um, not cage-free, but grass-fed and, and, you know, animals who are well taken care of. And I did notice the difference. But anyways. Yeah, and for, like, you know, the vegetables and plants that we, that we do eat that seem a little bit more ethical, that's in air quotes, um, you have to understand that those crops had to be grown somewhere in the space that these crops had to take up, something else had to go away. Yeah. Right? So if you think about if you're a vegan, you eat all these nuts and corn or whatever vegetable, like those plantations, those farms that are there growing those crops, I mean, obviously it changes where you get your food, but for the mm -hmm. most part, mass-produced vegetables had to take up land that other yeah. animals were living on, that other bugs were living on, other trees were on. So all those things had to die in order for those plantations to grow the vegetables that you're eating. Yeah. So it's a sticky situation when you really understand the interconnectedness of the, everything that we do mm. in order to obtain food. Mm. So, but mm -hmm. That's true. I was also thinking too about, do you think that if people lived in this place of more acceptance of this kind of situation, like would the world be in more peace? Like, if they had this kind of point of view or perspective on nature? Um, yeah, I guess. Um, I think the human story, or at least the human civilization story, would change dramatically. Um, because as it, see, as it is right now, from my own understanding and research, um, civilization and that human story puts humans at the apex of all creation. Mm -hmm. And that's in air quotes. All life, I should say. Mm -hmm. um, so if you hold that mind view, that, that world view, and you really believe in it, you start to believe that the world was made for you and that everything else on this planet um, is expendable for your benefit, right? And that's what we're seeing when we're seeing with big farm industry treating the animals unhealthy or uh, leveling off mountains, deforestation, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. The world is at the expense of humans. Um, as long as we're the most important species, as long as we're God's chosen people, as long as, mm, um, yeah. you know, all that. So when you have that worldview, the world seems, seems a little bit more different. But if you hold the worldview of a indigenous person, or for me, I'm an, I wouldn't label myself an animist anymore, but for an animist point of view, if you believe that all life is sacred and the world is sacred and the world is our true genuine home mm -hmm. you treat it that way right you treat your home um in a better, much better fashion that you're going to treat some public restaurant or public bathroom or you know some public space um, and if you treat your home better you start to see beautiful growth you know a little bit more 
attachment to it a little bit more uh what's the appreciation for it and that really changes the course of your lifestyle and what effect you have on the world and the environment around you um, but yeah so if everyone had a little bit more of an understanding that we are all things and we're all connected to everything um then definitely yeah the world the human story would definitely change drastically good or better i don't know i can't say obviously because i'm not i can't see into the future but i would like to imagine that would be the case Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah i i yeah, I feel like you can see into the future, but <laughs> Joseph is very gifted, but he likes to be modest about it. Anyways, anyways, anyways. <laughs> but kind of going into that. So as you were talking about that, I was thinking about, you know, indigenous people, even the Hawaiians, like their culture is so beautifully ingrained into caring for Mother Earth and caring for the land and not you know, taking anything from the land and bringing it home with you, but keeping things where it's meant to be. So kind of twisting into that, I know for for those of you who may know who Pan is or may you don't know who Pan is, I kind of want to go into this topic of, you know, they're not like, um, it's their religion, but not really, but more of like, how do you think that indigenous people's spirituality has been affected by religion? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I kind of, I kind of get where you're going. Um, so indigenous people's spiritual beliefs or again, in air quotes, religious beliefs, I would use religious loosely. Yeah. Um, it's more a way of, a way of life. Way of life. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Mm. Um, their their views are very ingrained again in the environment and in air quotes nature mm-hmm. their deities their gods and goddesses um are very nature-like they're very much a part of part of the world around them that's uh it's very interesting how how we look at or how i look at it um their their gods and goddesses live amongst them they're not in some off distant realm where they're uninteract they're uninteractable they're they live with them they interact with them on a daily basis um so yeah so pan was like this kind of like an earthly figure from my understanding and when you live among land and you interact with the land you start to see things you normally wouldn't see on a daily basis mm-hmm. um because when from my from my views Everything has a, a spirit, so to speak. Everything has a life force. Um, and that life force is taken and given on a daily basis. Um, so, yeah, kind of a bit of off topic. but No, yeah. I feel like it goes because I was thinking... I don't know if any of you have seen Maleficent, the second one, um, Mistress of All Evil. So, in the beginning of that movie, they talked about... Um, you know, she put a curse, but then took away the curse with true love. And so throughout the movie, you see she has horns. You see that that where she comes from, you see the rest of her species are thrown into this place of, that no one knows about because they have to hide from the rest of civilization. So they she discovers these people and realizes that they are part of the earth, that they're part of um, this bigger picture of being connected to everything. And so it's interesting to to see that throughout this movie she's constantly um being like ridiculed or she's trying she's the queen is basically trying to murder her um for other earthly reasons but 
Um, but then you see the Moors come into the, the kingdom and then they're almost like trying to be destroyed as well. So I was seeing this movie as this is what's constantly happening in the world now where, you know, we're constantly demolishing the earth, thinking that this earth is ours to take, which Joseph was just talking about earlier. So with like, you know, indigenous people's way of living, a lot of their spiritual views are, their viewpoints are seen as dark. And so the reason why I was bringing up Pan is because there is like this misconceived notion that, um, I don't know if you, cause you've seen Pan's Labyrinth. I haven't fully, I've seen it, but I haven't fully dived into the movie again. But can you kind of talk about that viewpoint of like where society has made these like entities seem dark, but they're actually not. And they're actually really beautiful. Yeah. So kind of going off what you're saying with the movie of Maleficent. So a lot of these indigenous people will, back in the day when their gods and goddesses um, were very beautiful things, a part of nature, a part of the way they lived. And then when civilization came in, you know, uh, Western, Western nations came in and took away their lands, they kind of altered the, how we viewed it. Um, so what they did was, is they turn these uh, gods and goddesses into demons and, and devils that you shouldn't worship, where you should worship, um, you know, their God, the capital G, the Judeo-Christian God, and anything that wasn't that and it was of the world was seen as pagan and something that you shouldn't, you should be scared of. So, and you can see that throughout the course of you know, history altogether. So not just, you know, the Native Hawaiians, but Native Americans, mm -hmm. um, a lot of their stories, you know, kind of slowly vanishing because they've all ingrained into our way of thinking and our religions and our God. Um, and as well as there was this um, example, now I don't have the name on me, so if anyone knows, you know, that's great. But it was this, in Brazil, there was this forest deity who, back before civilization had touched this indigenous tribe, there was this forest deity that would help its people guide it through the forest so they wouldn't get lost and it would help them return home when they needed to. But when the the missionaries came in, took the land and kind of tried to convert them to the Judeo-Christian religion, that literal same deity then turned into a demon and his whole story changed. He went from a helper to more of a, a demon that kind of lured, hum, lured humans into the forest and got them lost on purpose and basically like killed them or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever that was. Um, so that whole, everyone's, the whole pagan religion story is kind of askew now where it's more seen as a dark thing, whereas mm -hmm. opposed, these were, the pagan gods were just gods and goddesses and deities that we lived with on a daily basis and interacted with on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Which, so. yeah, which, if any of you have seen Pan's Labyrinth, go watch it. If any of you have, have not seen Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, go watch it. Even um, Frozen 2, if you have not seen that movie, go watch it because Frozen 2 is all about the elements of earth and um, implying that into your magic. So I feel like the the world is already has been picking up on this, like um, that we're all part of you know part of this earth and we all come from this and that's where our superpowers are coming from. But yeah, and to go and to go off of that, um, my view that we that earth is my home. Um, again, when I was trying to explain how different your world you differs when you view yourself as being a part of the earth and not it's drastic right so 
for indigenous people, Earth is our home. And then for the major religions of the world, since Earth is not our home, anything of the Earth is deemed not to be either not worth our time or dark and something that you shouldn't trust because trusting in the world is not trusting in your trusting in God or trusting in you know that higher system that's mm -hmm. how I see it and that's what I viewed and read about those major world religions um, because God isn't from my understanding God you know that we all commonly view um, we are his chosen people he only for the most part cares about humans getting into heaven he doesn't care about you know the lily pad or the caterpillar or the ant or the raven or the crow um, those things are more or less, you know, just something he created. But humans, humans are the important species. And for if you believe in reincarnation, reincarnation for the most part is humans, you know, going through that interchangeable uh, karmic system to get to a higher self, right? You know, so birds don't go through don't go through reincarnation and karma, but for some reason humans go through reincarnation. Reincarnation. So it's that whole viewpoint that I believe that humans are on the center stage of this cosmic play, the cosmic drama, that we're the only thing that's important. Um, but for me, no, humans are the furthest thing from being the most important species. We may be the most interesting because of what everything we've done. Mm -hmm. um, I find humans fascinatingly interesting. Um, but for importance on the grand scheme of everything, no. We're, for me, we're about as equal to everything else. Um, Giraffes, elephants, hippos, uh, lily pads, trees, the grass, sunflowers, animals, sunflowers <laughs> you name it, any living thing we are on equal terms with because we all depend on each other to survive and to live and move forward. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And, and for those of you who do come from a place of being able to connect with um, spirit and uh, if you're a medium, things like that, like, I feel like the, this world and this universe is so vast that whatever your viewpoint is, whatever your beliefs are, it is, it is true. It's, it's accurate. So I love Joseph coming on here and just giving you a different perspective on life. Um, but yeah, is there anything you'd like to share before we, uh, wrap this up? Cause I think that was pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I will say at the end of this is if you ever are out there and you, you know, you, you look at other living things, like really look at them because they're very beautiful. The world is a beautiful place and um, it's quite interesting um, to see how people treat other living things. So for myself being back on the island, I forgot like how much I love chickens. Like yeah. absolutely adore chickens because they have so much personality. And it's unfortunate to see like people for literally no reason find them so annoying and like mm -hmm. treat them poorly and you know and hurt them but if you sit down and watch anything any living thing whether it's a tree a chicken like you start to see that life come alive you start to see that living things entity it's fire it's it's life force like you truly generally feel it and it starts changing how how you feel internally like you start to feel a little bit relieved no matter wherever you are in the world that you're not alone because when you are a part of that world family and the you know the life around you you start to feel very connected and you start to feel at ease because you know that no matter where you go you're never alone you're there's something always there so mm -hmm. it's yeah. beautiful yeah and what joseph's talking about is 
We've, um, I've already witnessed, witnessed this a few times, but on the islands of Hawaii, you, there's chickens and roosters that roam the land. It's kind of like when you go to India, like the cows are their gods there, so they roam the land. But here on Kauai, there's roosters and chickens everywhere. And it has been a little disheartening to, when we go to the beach, we see people like throw things at the chickens or don't want anything to do with them. Or even in one instance, um, a friend of ours was on a, on, in, riding in a car with someone and they're trying to run over a chicken. And she was like, hey, like, wait, what? Why don't you just drive around it? Oh no, we don't care about those. And, and in that moment, I think it was really sad because it, chickens, again, are part of the circle of life. So the thing here that everyone is always freaking out about is the centipedes. Like, oh my God, centipedes, deadly things, da 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 da, like scared, scared, scared. But guess who eats the centipedes? Chickens. Mm -hmm. So how do we keep our homes clean from centipedes? Chickens. Yeah, and it's not not just that. Like, not just being on Hawaii, but wherever I go, no matter where I'm living, like, I don't go out of my way to, to get rid of something that I don't like. I mean, I'm, I live in Arizona. I'm not a big fan of scorpions. But every time I see a scorpion, I don't go and just kill it. Yeah. I just I just let it be like there's yeah. unless it's directly affecting in that moment your life and you and your family are in danger because of it in that moment then sure yeah. go ahead and protect yourself and your family. Mm -hmm. But don't but like just let things let things live. be. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah because um when we first moved here we had some people that are like oh like Da -da -da, the centipedes and Michael and I realized like well if they're not bothering us then we don't need to kill them yeah right if exactly. they're just being themselves like living then we don't need to hurt them yeah and it's it it's interesting because when you view yourself as being a part of the world the whole adage of do unto others what you would do unto yourself it so applies for that too it applies for that because when you understand that you're connected to everything Whatever you do to the around you directly impacts you because you're a part of it. That's you. That's, you know, you looking out through your eyes is viewing yourself in the world. So, yeah, it's funny. As he's talking, I've got like, we, I have our grandmother, Feli, who passed away seven years ago now, six years ago. And then our recent grandmother, Anne, on my mom's side is here with us. And she's like super happy. They're both like super happy. Joseph's here, like talking to you guys because. For me, this is a this is a really big blessing to have my brother here talk to you guys about this kind of stuff because I'm gonna have him on here again because he's just so super like beyond intelligent like he's beyond his years. So if you guys love this episode, please share it, spread the message. We're all connected. We're all part of the earth. Um, we're all one. So I love you guys. Is there anything you'd like to end the end with the? listeners with yeah um if there's any questions you guys have um please feel free to just contact me on instagram whether it's commenting on the post or dm me directly mm -hmm. um i would love to hear any questions you might have or if i can explain something better or more in depth for you i would love that because for me i'm very bad at podcasts <laughs> i don't know if you could tell but no no you can't confidence sp speaking on the spot for me is sometimes a bit difficult so my words might be muddled or i might step over my my words a bit but if you ever want to talk to me about it anything i've said i've said then please please dm me or comment or 
Um, I'll leave my, my email with Jacqueline and she can include that somewhere. If you want to email me to start a little conversation through email, I would love that too. I love talking about this stuff. Um, I'm just not very good with podcasts. So <laughs> bear with me. I appreciate you guys tuning in and giving me the chance um, to, to speak my mind. So. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to have them on here again. We're going to have them on here again. But I love you guys. Thank you all so much for tuning in and listening. Please share this. Um, you can definitely find Joseph on Instagram at newstory underscore art. I'm going to leave all the information in the show notes. Um, but yeah, I love you guys. I appreciate you all so much. And I will be tuning in with you next week. Mahalo and aloha.